Hi, it's Ori Krug, and welcome back to Mind Your Body. I'm so excited for today's episode, and it's not a very typical thing that people do nowadays in the traditional therapy world, but um, for, for those of you who know, I am board-certified dance movement therapist, and I've taken my over nine years of expertise and experience and skills into the online world as an embodiment coach. So today I'm sharing an interview with a former client that I worked with through embodiment coaching. And it is so amazing to hear her story. She has gone through so much, so, so, so much trauma um, and is diagnosed with complex PTSD. And after just a year working together, she saw so many amazing improvements in herself um, and in her life and in her relationships. And this was after many, 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 many years of trying a lot of other different modalities and healing techniques. So I am so happy to be sharing with you the power of dance movement therapy through the eyes of one of my cherished clients and, um, and how, how this work can really help people heal from trauma and live a normal life again and fall in love with their life again. So here's the interview. And if you are, if you listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do this work. I need this. Um, then I would love to offer you a free and obligation free relationship review so that we can walk you through the steps of how you too can heal your trauma and improve your relationships. So I will leave that link in the podcast episode notes. And for now, here's the interview. This is Mind Your Body, a dance movement therapy perspective on the integration of our emotional, cognitive, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being into one more aware and whole existence. Today, I am talking to Shay Seaborn, who was a former client of mine from, we started working together in May 2018, and... We officially closed our work July of 2019. So yeah, give us a little picture, Shay, of what your life looked like before we started working together. Hmm. Well, as you probably remember, I was on the verge of, of a breakdown, basically. Um, uh, my PTSD was starting to explode because I finally had a place safe enough to do the work. Um, and I'm sure that my connection with you was part of what made it safe enough, but it was also very distressing and um, disabling. Um, and I remember our first session, I hurt my back like the day before, and so I couldn't, couldn't do the movements. Um, and so we had to focus on really small things uh, that were non-threatening, like my left wrist. And um, that was such an interesting experience just to deal with that one little thing that was safe enough to deal with. Yeah, so basically your experience before working together and, of course, even through the beginning as we started shifting things is like just not feeling safe in your body and not safe 
being at all. Right, anywhere. And what did that look like for you um, in terms of just kind of everyday stuff and what, I guess, what medical society would call symptoms and relationships? Uh, Every day was a struggle. I didn't have much energy. Um, I had a lot of flashbacks and lots of nightmares and um, a lot of, a lot, a lot of dissociation. Um, And uh, my relationships, well, I've been single for 12 years, uh, not really involved with anybody in that time since, you know, separating from my husband. Uh, my relationships with my kids have been distant. Um, and uh, being in a new state, I hadn't had the opportunity to build relationships with friends. And I just felt very isolated, um, exhausted, and hopeless. Mm. Yeah, I remember you being in a really, really tough place. So um, what were, how did you feel during the process? What what was happening for you in terms of how things started to shift? Like any breakthroughs, any ahas? Um, I think it's also important to point out that you are very, very wise. You have done a lot of work even before us working together. Like you've done a lot of different modalities. You've researched a lot of, um, you knew so much about trauma even before we started working together and you knew it really well on an intellectual cognitive level. So I guess when we start talking about what you experienced in terms of shifts, um, you know, what was different than what you had already known cognitively that you didn't experience yet. Yeah. The cognitive stuff is exactly what brought me to you to doing a somatic modality because I realized I'd done so much work uh, top down that I really needed to do some bottom up, especially because dissociation is like my favorite coping skill. Um, So just being in my body at all was kind of revolutionary um, and, and feeling safe at all. One of the, one of the things that stands out the most from an early session was when I started stomping for the first time and how powerful that felt um, kind of like as a protest in a way to express my anger and, and uh, assert my will. Um, there was something kind of primal about it, kind of like um, I was a little kid having a temper tantrum, but also something about um, choosing my direction and, and making, making an impact. Yeah. I remember an earlier session where you were stomping, but you're, and you were also kind of exploring stomping on the hard floor and then you had a carpet in there and it was just like this exploration of very intentional, how can I make an impact and in what ways can I make an impact? And it's like, you know, in translation, in what ways can I be heard and be powerful and for you to experience that in your body for the first time after, would you say never have experiencing that before? Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's really huge. Yeah. And it, 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 that's kind of funny about the whole process. Like 
sometimes it seemed like it was such a small thing, like stomping on the floor doesn't seem like it's a big thing, but because of the process and the integration of it, it, it was, it really had a profound effect on me. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, it might sound kind of simple, but, you know, what was so unique about working with you was, you know, you did have all that intellectual knowledge. Um, you were already, like, you already were so aware and had made strong intellectual connections. So even when we did something really simple in movement, like, I would always see you kind of stop, in a, not in a dissociative way, but like, huh, like a light bulb went off and you'd be like, wow, like this is connected to this relationship or, or this, what I do here. And you would make that connection even from something really simple. Yeah, that was a fascinating part of the whole process. Just like the light bulbs just kept coming on and that really helped me understand the value of the somatic work that we were doing um, and also gave me hope for like, actually be feeling safe and healthy and happy and whole in my body one day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to, just in case nobody or somebody who's listening to this doesn't understand somatic um, of being in your body, um, just to clarify that. And yeah, I think the, the, the coming into your body and the movement too, because you had experienced a lot of pain as well as um, traumatic memory that you had been storing in your body for many years. Yeah, I, I uh, somaticized my trauma to a great degree, which is part of the reason that um, dissociation was my favorite coping tool. It just made it easy. Like if all this is a toxic cesspool of, of memories and and chronic pain well living up here is the place to be and it was a great survival tool really magnificently powerful but also not appropriate for living in the real world and being whole you know as a person yeah i mean it was starting to get into get in the way of everything you wanted to do in your life like being up in your head was helpful for a while but then you know, there was pain and, and dissociation and it wasn't sustainable. And I think that was kind of the break point for you when we started working together. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that, you know, you came into my life right at that time. Like the break point was exactly it. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, there was a question that I, that popped up for me and I'm trying to think of about, um, yeah, we're talking about the process. And I think that's a question that I get often, like, what does this actually look like? And it's so hard to describe. So I don't expect you to really describe it. Because a lot of people will say, I, I don't know, it was just magical. It was, it was just magic. Um, and it's unique for everybody. But I guess if you could put the, if you could describe the process or what it looked like for you, I guess, in a, in a kind of a summarized way, what, what comes to you? I think uh, from the holistic standpoint, really what it was was an object lesson in a healthy relationship because over time, um, as we got to know each other better and have these, you know, sessions that, that 
bonded us through the therapy, um, I could see that you were doing things that nobody else had done for me in a relationship. <laughs> like you, you were thoughtful and you asked me if I wanted, you know, do you want to do it this way? Or would you like to me to go first? And, and, um, you, you made a video for me just to make me laugh one time. Um, and, and it was just so sweet and lovely to have that kind of feedback from somebody and, and to recognize, oh, this is how it feels when a relationship is going well. It was just magnificent. And, and that's really helped me internalize, you know, the, not just the cognitive, but the physical feeling that I get when somebody treats me well. Mm. Yeah, you've talked um, sort of recently in, in my Facebook group about like, oh, I can now recognize in my body a healthy relationship versus, you know, those unhealthy relationships that you had been in in the past. Yeah, and for me, that's just revolutionary. Um, and, and even beyond that, almost every day, well, every day, really, I check in with my body about things like even... I bought this um, nightgown at the, at the, you know, um, department store and I wasn't sure if I liked it and I like, I don't like to try on things at the store anyway. So I brought it home and I thought, well, I'll just return it if I don't like it. And I checked in with my body about it and there was a very clear decision. I kept it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so important. Like, because when you're when you're in trauma, everything is everything is a fear response. Everything is not safe. And now you have that ability and that neural capacity to distinguish. Ah, I like this. This is safe. I know this isn't safe, and that protects you in, in a way that doesn't block you from everything, or hide or isolate from everything. Yeah, because now I can just be curious about things and. And, um, and let my body tell me whether it's safe or not or whether I should keep engaging with someone. A really great example is at my dad's um, memorial service uh, in September when I encountered my horrible sister who's been an abuser, not a sister, my whole life. And I hadn't seen her in about 30 years. And there she was at this event. And so I approached her. I, I walked forward with you know open intention but also, uh, I guess, open um, uh, affect, but also the intention of, of go I went in there with just um, truth and mercy. And I said, that's all I'm putting out and that's all I'm accepting. And as I approached her, I didn't have my glasses on, so I, real I didn't realize till later she was squinting at me real evil. So it just kind of went over my head. And I, I said, hi, Barbara. And she said, huh. And I said, the nicest thing I could think of that was true. I'm glad you're here. And she said, so what? And my body said, turn around. And so I said, okay, you take care now. And turned around and left. And it felt so powerful to walk away from an abuser like that without any anger, fear, um, intention to hurt her or let her hurt me. It was just the pure um, body sensation that told me what to do and it felt so powerful to just pay attention to that and do it yeah that's so beautiful and it's just it's reminding me of so many things we did in session that really prepared you for moments like that like um 
with you, this is, I actually call this not so mirroring now because you called it this, where we moved together in session and purposely did not reflect each other's movements and had to tell each other what to do. Like you, like put your arms this way to match my expression to basically say, hey, you're not listening to me. You're not seeing me. Um, please do this so I can be seen and heard. Um, and it's, you know, it was confrontational when you have to be that direct. We practice a lot of, you know, you being direct or making a choice to walk away or move away or to say, I don't feel comfortable with this right now. And we did so much of that in relationship that it's so, it's, it really is magical how that just translates into your life, into situations with someone who had abused you for so long. Yeah, that was, that was an amazing, uh, experience to to i mean even the decisions that i made in session with you were tiny like do i want to sit back here do i want to sit up here or should i like tell her that she's not doing it the way that i'm doing it or do i really care and just want to let it go uh how should i tell her it, it, all things that would normally um just be agonizing for me and just raise my stress level. And, and it was difficult at first for me to, to even say, um, you're not doing it this way. You're doing it this way. Just even to observe that you were doing it differently to actually vocalize that was really hard for me. Yeah. I remember that at first we had to take more breaks, um, and regulate a lot more in between and slowly we, we were able to do it for longer periods. Like you were able to just to stay regulated and sustain this kind of conflictual, confrontational interaction for longer. Yeah, and then even have fun with it. Yes, that is something. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of silly, playful things. Yeah, and that, that was really valuable for me too because I'm I'm a silly, playful person at heart. But the trauma trapped all that. It made it really hard for me to express it because of, um, you know, uh, um, sorry, I'm losing the word here. Uh, Self criticism and all the shame that was put on me from whoever, uh, lots of people, and so playing with you like that and making it fun help bring that out in me and now I'm just really silly mm -hmm, yeah and I think I remember for you it was learning and having that physical and also primal nervous system experience that you're not going to get into trouble right yeah. a lot of that came up like it, it wasn't okay to play it was you weren't allowed to have fun that ended in some really negative consequences for you yeah. and so even in your mind when you know, okay, I'm moving with Ori, I'm not going to get in trouble. Like your nervous system doesn't know that your nonverbal subconscious doesn't know that it has to learn that. And so, yeah, I feel like the, the amount that we played just got more and more and it was so essential to rewiring your nervous system. Yeah. Because um, play creates a sense of safety. You can't, you can't play if you don't feel safe. And so if you are playing, that helps reinforce that you are safe. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I could talk to you about our process forever. 
just because it's, it's so nice to reflect on and to, yeah, to think about. But I'll move on a little bit. Um, I wanted to ask you, how has your relationship with yourself shifted because of the work that we did? It's shifted incredibly. Uh, um, I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm a different person, um, a more authentic version of myself. And, and I'm really stepping in my power now. And I found my, um, my purpose and I'm making things happen with it. And I have no idea how it's going to go, but I know I'm on the right path because it feels right in my body. And really, I don't know what I would do if I hadn't met you and done this work with you. It just means so much to me. Yeah. Yeah, our work means so much to me too. Just to have that privilege, that honor to witness you. And I know it, it sounds so cliche in a way, but it's like, like you said, you're kind of like this new woman now. Like you're the same. You've actually always been this person. She's just been hiding underneath all those layers of trauma. But it, it's that feeling like you're a new woman. Or like you've changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I decided that um, as part of my healing, I need to just surround myself with people who are really good for my nervous system. And that anybody who's not just isn't, is underqualified. I, I can't, I don't like exclude people. Like I have, you know, friends in all different places in their, in their recovery and functionality, but those that, that uh, aren't really good for my nervous system don't get a whole lot of time with me anymore. And even in, you know, what I'm doing with my advocacy work, I'm finding the people that are real and connecting with them. And that's how I'm making the changes in this huge system that abused me. And it's just so gratifying to be able to do that and to, because of all that we've done, I can really connect with those people and that's what's reaching them. And, and their respond is so lovely to it. The human connection is, is what's changing the system. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, like the, the things that have come up a few times already is that, you can feel in your body what's safe and what's not safe or what's healthy and good and uh, joyful and yeah, just, just good for you, just life giving and um, which has brought you to be more connected with people, be in more relationship. And I hear you taking action. You're taking a lot of action lately. So I know like when we started working together in the earlier days, um, you know, we had worked through a lot of like anger and frustration and resentment towards the people who had really hurt you justifiably. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I feel like you're taking so much action now in your advocacy work that you are now able to take all of those emotions and put it into action and, put it into movement just you know mm -hmm. we're able to put all these emotions and expressions into movement together and in a safe way um in a way that wasn't going to re-traumatize you yeah that's exactly it i feel like i have the ability to use the 
my righteous, um, well-founded anger at my abusers to transform the legacy of intergenerational violence into positive change. And, and um, uh, something you just said reminded me of, of being, I, I had the opportunity to be at my father's uh, deathbed for about 20 minutes. And it was a transformative experience because of all the work that we had done. And because I was so in tune with what is going on inside of me, I was able to um, sit there and tell him in general terms about the relationship that we'd had um, and his abuse of me. And I had gone in there just wanting to smash his face in every single horrible thing he'd done to me. But I just talked from my heart. I don't even really know what I said. I could give you the topics, but um, it just came out like this flow. And as the truth came out, my anger, my rage toward him and my, my punitive stance toward him and the desire to hurt him back just dissipated. And it was an incredible feeling, just a huge weight off my heart. And I gave him mercy on his deathbed to a monster. And I, I never would have imagined, you know, when we started working that I could get to that point. But it's just so gratifying to have done that, to have been so in tune with myself and what's right and good and, and truthful and courageous enough to have that kind of experience with him. Yeah. That is for you. Yeah. And I think it was liberating for him too. I think, you know, when, when somebody uh, does something horrible to a child and does everything they can their whole lives to uh, hide that, they know, they know no matter how much they would deny it or how much they point fingers at someone else, they know what they did. A part of them, no matter how hard they repress it knows that. And I think my telling of that truth, helped um release him from the bondage of the of the um the predator and victim yeah yeah i mean and just the 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 fact that you were able to do that is yes. so freeing. i know how heavy and how how much that was weighing weighing on you for so long this relationship with your father yeah it was brutal and 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 because everything that happened before and, and all the work that we did, it changed so much at the end in, in ways I never would have expected. And, and it just feels really good to have had that kind of closure with somebody who was so awful in my life. Mm. Yeah, that's not something that a lot of people get to do, you know, mm. they have to end up dealing with the regret or resentment or anger forever because they were never able to have that resolution before, you know, their parents' death or whoever it was who abused them. So I just think it's so incredible that you, you had that experience and you didn't just have that, you created that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a two hour drive between, you know, the call, like he's dying. If you want to see him, see him and the the 20 minute visit and so on the way i'm going what do i want to go in there with and i checked in with my body and it said courage truth and mercy i'm like that's all i need mm. nice yeah yeah and speaking of relationships um so 
as many people know now, when we started working together, we didn't have a focus on relationships. And now my big, my big focus is on helping people heal and transform their relationships. So even though that wasn't the focus necessarily of, of our work together, um, how have you noticed that your relationships to other people have changed? I'm a lot more relaxed around people. Um, still have a ways to go, but a lot more relaxed and more open to um, to um, to relationships of all different kinds. And um, I'm really good at at sensing if this is a good situation or not. And that's just so helpful. Um, my relationship with my kids is still kind of dicey, but um, they're girls, and you know they they identified with their dad in order to you know, not take his wrath because they knew that I'll love them no matter what. Um, so things are still kind of difficult with them, but getting better. Um, and uh, my friendships are, are much better. Um, I have a really solid group of female friends around my age now that are just so supportive and, and go out of their way to, to you know, help me uh, with projects or, or initiatives that I have. Um, and, um, I feel like I'm more real with people when I am with them. I can be more open and, and actually, you know, risk connecting, putting my mirror neurons out there to meet theirs. Um, and it feels safe and, and it feels really good even with people that I just met. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's such a difference. Like, to be real with people and not hiding yourself. That means that the time that you spent with people is actually time, you know, present and you actually get the benefits of being in a relationship because when you're hiding or you're worried about your safety, you're not actually there. And I know that's something that came up a lot in our, like more towards the beginning of our work together is that, you know, this loneliness and feeling like you don't really have um, with, with your recent life transition, you didn't really have that kind of support or friendships or community that you, you know, that we all need to, to feel happy. Yeah. And speaking of relationships, um, we had talked, I don't know how early on, but you know, that there was somebody that I like, um, but I just wasn't in, I wasn't available because of all the stuff going on. And um, I had just, kind of written off, you know, relationships because it just seemed beyond what I could deal with. But um, as I noted in, in uh, the lasting love movement recently, I actually went out of my way to um, go where this person would likely be, saw them, had a good interaction, brief, but good and didn't freeze. And that was just enormous for me. Yeah. My stayed online it wasn't perfect but it did I mean it's still a goober but it's still you know just not going uh 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 was really nice <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean it's so important just to to not go into such an ancient response when you're interacting with somebody vulnerably and this this person that you like that you're interested in whether you end up with them or you're you know, going to pursue another relationship is if you can't be present during the difficult conversations, during the vulnerable conversations, you can't really have a relationship that's 
going to fulfill you. It, that's going to feel okay and safe. Yeah. And for me, the difficult situation is saying hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's easier uh and and i saw the person again uh last month and um that went really well too you know again very brief but i'm like okay i still like them like that was one of the coolest things is to go okay i've done all this work because it's been like four years that i've been pushing this person away and i haven't seen him a whole lot in the last year and a half but knowing that my body's still going, yeah, I still like that person. It's, it's a nice feeling to know that there's something there that, that wasn't just trauma bond, yeah. that there's an actual, you know, co-regulation thing happening that feels good. You know, so it validated that. And yeah, like you said, I don't know if I end up with this person or not, but the experience is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were your biggest ahas other than all the huge ones that we've talked about so far? Well, I have to say my, my biggest keeps coming with um, deceleration, the concept of that. Remember when you introduced it, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I, I, uh, I feel really anxious about slowing down and, and decelerating uh, as soon as I started. Uh, I just, my anxiety went way up and I think we probably just had to do it, you know, very briefly, but I, I keep practicing that in different ways, um, you know, that you've shown me and also applying it in what you've shown me in, in other ways. And it, um, it's really profound for me because I'm, I'm making physical and mental connections about why this is so hard for me. And it's really rooted in fear um, in you know, having, such awful experiences that I always felt like I had to keep running, um, you know, cause any place has got to be better than here. So I got to keep going and also trying to prove that I have worth by, you know, producing and doing and fixing and putting things out there. And now it's much more, I mean, I still have problems with it and I still work on it and I may for the rest of my life, but now I can decelerate to the point where, I don't feel like I have to go, go, go all the time. And I can, you know, take a day off and do nothing. And it's okay. I can just piddle the day away. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you're still working on it. And I'm like shaking my head like me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, it's, it's necessary for, you know, for your health, for your, you know, your physical health, your mental body health, you know, to, to not be in this activated state all the time to be able to slow down. Um, and like you said, feel good enough, feel that it, you're still worthy and you're still good enough, even if you're not go, go, going. And that if we really feel safe in our bodies, we can realize there's nothing to run away from right here in this present moment, as long as we're not in a unsafe situation anymore. Yeah, it's such a refreshing feeling to have that. And I want more of it. And that's the motivating factor to keep trying. Nice. And I really feel like I'm at a point now, as you know, for a lot of the last year and a half or longer, um, I've had a really hard time uh, 
with uh, quality of life issues just because the when the PTSD exploded, it just wiped me out. I had such little energy and very little hope for, you know, recovery. Um, and within, you know, my time frame, which was, I want to, I want to heal now. <laughs> Three months, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and I needed that kind of hope at first, but um, it was a false hope. And now I can just kind of go along and I, I have enough, mm, security in my body and in myself that I'm okay where I'm at right now, even though I'm still pretty exhausted and I never catch up on things and I still have a lot of anxiety and I still have flashbacks, but I'm okay. And that's just marvelous to go, well, my life is pretty wacky, but I'm still okay. Right. Right. And it's, you know, you have complex PTSD. And so a lot of the things that you're experiencing are, even more intense than, you know, someone who's not, ex who, who doesn't experience that or who, who doesn't have that diagnosis, we'll say. Um, so, you know, for you to see that it's okay to be there, like, yes, I still have anxiety, I still have flashbacks, but I know that when we started working together and, you know, through the first phases of our work was like, when you have that, when you have that experience of a flashback or you had increased anxiety or um, it was hard to just live, you know, that it was so detrimental and it, you know, it took over your life in the beginning. And now you have this separation of like, yes, I'm experiencing this and I'm witnessing this, but I'm okay. You know, it's not like completely engulfing your experience. Yeah, that's it exactly. Um, uh, after we, you know, did our closure, I, I um, had a, um, this was just several months ago, I had a very intense flashback to a horrible experience. And it was like the upper half of my body was in the flashback, except for like this much of my head. And I could still feel my feet on the floor and my legs holding me up, even as all this full sensory flashback with, you know, smell, sight, sounds, feelings was just, it was so violent, but I was okay. It was just an amazing experience. And, and I've learned through that and others that um, the flashbacks aren't really my enemy. I don't need to hide from them or, or uh, suppress them or, or fear them. They're actually my uh, wounded child telling me what needs attention. Mm. Yeah, what a different perspective. Yeah, and it's yeah. something that people will might recognize or even hear and talk therapy or counseling. Like you know, that's your inner child. Give it, give it healing, nurturing, whatever. But to actually, you know, we can hear that on a cognitive level and still feel like crap. I was going to curse, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Um, but for you to feel like to actually have that experience of there's just no words really to, to be in touch and to access your wounded child and to give it love and nurturing really from an authentic, very real somatic body place. There's no words to describe that. Mm -hmm. It's like the, you can't heal alone. You have to, you ha you can do a lot of work on your own, but you have to heal in relationship. Um, 
And where was I going with that? Uh, yeah, the relationship with myself is more and more the relationship that I so desperately needed with someone else as a child because I'm more and more able to be that person for myself. And little, I do like little rituals now, like when I get out of the shower and I have the towel around me and I've had, you know, the nice relaxing shower and I'm warm and my muscles are soft, I always have music on and I sang, you know, and, and I get out and I just like wrap the towel around me and just hold it for a moment. Like I'm hugging myself and holding myself and just take a moment to, to just feel love and care for myself. And even that's a revolution for me. Because before it was just like, oh, hurry up and don't pay attention to what's down here. Just, you know, do what you need to do and get out of the bathroom and go make something happen out there. Yeah. Yeah. So why was this work vital for you? Why was it worth it? And for anyone else who's considering doing this work, what, why? Why should they do it from your perspective? <laughs> well, it's life-changing. Um, it, it, and neuroscience tells us that we can do a lot of top-down cognitive stuff, but we also need to do the bottom up in order to heal. And especially if you have, you know, if you somaticize, uh, your, your, um, your trauma, if you have a lot of, um, unexplained, uh, pain or, or symptoms, um, trauma is really a somatic experience. We feel it in our bodies. It changes the chemicals in our brain, which change the chemicals in our body. And um, we tense up and we stop breathing and all kinds of things that uh, change our nervous system. So this kind of work helps bring the nervous system back where it needs to be in order to feel healthy and happy and whole in your body. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, you said it was life changing. And I love, I just love how much you've become educated and aware of all the nervous system stuff. I was just, when you were talking, I was like, you could just be my, my right hand girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how has it changed your life? I know we kind of talked a lot about that throughout here, but you know, how, why, in, in terms of why it was worth doing this work and changing your life, Oh, well, it saved my life in a way because uh, what I was going through before was so difficult and desperate uh, that um, it felt like I wasn't actually living. I was just struggling to keep breathing. And now um, I have a life worth living. Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. Thank you. I've always known that and I've always seen that in you. And I'm just so happy to hear you knowing that and saying that and really feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing. It, uh, I've realized that I never had a death wish. I never actually wanted to die. It was put on me by an abuser and, um, to, to have that gone to really feel that in my body that that was not ever mine. It's just so liberating and magnificent and, and powerful because that recognition helped me realize he never had, he never had that power over me. I just thought that was it. Mm. 
Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to bring up in, in, in regards to what I wanted to ask you is for someone who feels, you know, on the fence of doing this work and on one hand they feel powerless because of what's happened to them, which is completely not their fault, but just the way they're wired at the moment who wants to change, but feels like, I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know. I'm listening to Shay right now and that's really great for her, but I don't think this could happen for me. What would you say to them? I would say if you want it, you can get it too in your own way at your own speed. Uh, and you're worth it. Nice. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Did you have that? Um, did you have a similar thought in the beginning? Like, weren't sure if that could happen for you? Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure of anything. I mean, I, I, I knew when I first read about dance movement therapy, just like instinctively, I guess I hadn't lost like all contact with my body, but something said, this is something I need to do even before I understood the importance of the bottom up, um, you know, neurobiologically. Um, and, uh, and sorry, I lost my thought again. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, just I, PTSD. I just use that for the excuse for everything. <laughs> we all forget our thoughts sometimes. Um, now I'm forgetting what they ask you. <laughs> uh, I have asked you now I'm with you now I'm with you in that forgotten place um, I don't know it'll come back to us if, if it's it, was, it was about if uh, oh yeah if I thought that I could do this um, uh, thank you yeah so yeah I, I I I was desperate for some kind of relief and willing to try almost anything, but it had to make sense. And so dance movement therapy made sense here and here. Yeah. Um, when we first started, uh, I had, I had doubts about all of it because it was really terrifying and overwhelming. Um, just even like, you know, preparing for our first session just raised my anxiety level so high. Um, I think in part because, I instinctively knew there would be things, difficult things to face through it. But really the movement, the intellectual cognitive stuff is really good and important, but the physical, the movement um, and it integrating concepts with my body is actually, uh, it makes the other stuff feel safer too. It's like when my body's validating the logical stuff, then I really know I'm on the right path. And yeah. I felt that I felt that really with our first session, even though it was, I think that was like the, the you know, the, like the trial session. And um, we didn't stay on very long, but boy, it made a big impact on me because um, you gave me things that I could work with through the week before our actual first session that um, we're safe for me to just do a little thing like, Oh yeah, spend a little time, you know, nurturing that sore wrist and then say, I'm, I'm going to come back to you later and, and I'll go do something else now. And that, 
helped me recognize that I don't have to be just struggling, working, working, working all the time that I can set it aside and go do something like have a real life here and there. Right. Yeah. That's something I like to preach is that you, like you should be living your life even as you're healing your trauma because it, it can, it's kind of common to, to be like, I just have to focus on this and healing my trauma and then I can go out and like live my life and have fun. They have to do it first. And it's like, actually they can hope they can coexist. Yeah. Well, at first I couldn't because, you know, the energy level was just so, so down, but now I do. And I find that I, I take the things I learned from you with me into my real life. And, and I've integrated so much of it just uh, almost seamlessly that I, I don't even stop and think about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the amazing part about the work too, is when, when you do it in your body and session, like depending on what people have done, what kinds of therapies and whatnot, it has felt like really hard work. I know you had been in talk therapy too, even through some of our work. And I know you fired your therapist at some point <laughs> in the middle and it, because it, yeah. when not done in the right way, it feels like such hard work and like you really have to keep trying and putting effort. But when you do it in your body, it's there already. Like you, you're already getting comfortable with it. It's already moving in you and shifting in you. And it's, it just translates into your body and your physical behavior and your actions. And so yeah, you don't have to think about it that much. It just, just transform again. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that feeling it in your body is part of that magic that um, it just makes me feel so secure having that connection. And sometimes I think, wow, you know, I didn't really have parents, not like they, they didn't act like parents and every kid needs those, but maybe I didn't really need them mm. because I can be that for myself now in many ways. I still need other people and, and I bring them into my life based on how they connect with me neurologically <laughs> and yeah. it's 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 like surrounding myself with really good people yeah thanks to this <laughs> yeah it's amazing to witness you speaking of this and just being here anything else that you want to share that feels important before we end can't think of anything yeah yeah well thank you so much for sharing your experience and you know being an inspiration for other people who you know your story is unique and no one experienced exactly what you did but for people who have you know experienced similar feelings and hopelessness and who you know, need a little inspiration to have their lives changed and feel better and have better relationships and all that good stuff. I think you, you, you coming here and speaking is, is really, really powerful. So I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. I did actually think of one more thing. Um, the, let's see if I can actually remember it now. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah. The process like recovery process for me um, in large part because of our work has gone from being like brutal and terrifying and really a struggle to deal with to more, especially recently more like just watching things unfold and seeing how things come together and, and finding out, wow, this is really amazing. This is really powerful. Uh, it just, it, it actually is like a voyage of discovery rather than arduous work. Mm. And that's such a nice feeling to just go, oh, I wonder what I'll discover today. Yeah. Yeah. Again, over and over again, it just comes back like now you have this neural capacity to, to experience life and love and relationships and the world around you without feeling so like overtaken by it and just being present and curious and distinguishing like in your brain, in your body, like this is happening right here, right now. And it might cause this kind of emotion or this kind of sensation, but we'll see what happens. And I'm still okay. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm uh, preparing for major surgery in a month. Uh, total surprise and not, not a good thing to have to go through. But I'm still okay. People are going, how are you dealing with this? I'm like, well, it's major surgery, so it really sucks and it's anxiety producing, but I'm okay. It yeah. just blows my mind that I'm in this place. I had minor surgery a year ago and was flipping out. And here I am going, well, this isn't going to be easy, but I'm not that little kid who was abandoned anymore. And I can take care of myself in many ways, and including having people around me that are willing to and want to actually help me um, and take care of me. And it's really hard to let people take care of me because I don't know what that feels like. And because when I was taken care of as a kid, there was often, you know, the other shoe would drop, the, the, the abuse would happen. Um, and now I know because of this, that these people aren't going to do that to me and they are going to be there for me. And it just feels so empowering and, and um, uh, comforting to have that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I can be anxious about the surgery, but also be okay with it at the same time. I mean, I guess that's what it's like to be a whole human being. <laughs> you can hold those feelings and still be okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. So proud of you. and so happy that we did this work together. Me too. Feeling me, um, you know, the impact and still learning and taking it with you everywhere you go. And uh, even though our work has, we, we, I'm trying to do some math here. It's been six months. Yeah. Yeah. been six months, like it's still making such a positive impact on you. Yeah. Cause you gave me stuff that I can take with me forever. Nice. Yeah. So, thank you, Shay. Thank you. Ari. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect.